0: Welcome to Is This Real Life?, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutzker. Let's get to it. Welcome to episode 32. This week's Spill the Tea is all about Southern Charm. On August 22nd, Ashley Jacobs posted on Instagram an apology to Catherine Dennis. It was a public apology, which I find a bit odd, and it is goes as follows. To all Southern Charm fans in general, and to Catherine in particular, I owe you all an apology. I'd like to apologize for how I treated Catherine and how badly I disrespected her. I'm not sure what made me think it was okay to speak to a mother that way. It wasn't. It was not my place to say anything at all, much less the reckless comments I made. I crossed a line and hurt people who don't deserve it. After many chats with my friends and family with children, I never, understand, I never understood the unbreakable bond a parent has with their child. I can listen and learn and be far more respectful in the future, but until I'm blessed with a child, I can never truly understand the sacrifices a parent makes on behalf of their children. Some children may not truly get it until they have their own baby." It makes me feel horrible that I may have taken my own parents for granted, and thus I've learned a tremendous lesson from all the good parents out there. I can't rightfully describe how sorry I am, but I'd never forgive myself if I didn't at least try. Yours truly, Ashley. Well, Danny from Southern Charm Decides to videotape Catherine uh, reading this and her reaction, which is, are you kidding me? And, of course, Patricia Ulchel thinks that if Ashley was truly sorry, she would have apologized directly to Catherine and not made it such a public apology. Now, as I mentioned last week, Ashley and Thomas Ravenel have apparently split, but Radar Online is reporting that they are secretly still hooking up, which is not an unusual thing to do for two exes, uh, but this is not a usual couple, and Thomas has been fired from Southern Charm and is still facing two very serious rape allegations, so... think it'd be best if Ashley just stayed away then another scoop is that Ashley was on a date with a guy her own age and ran into Naomi Alindo who was on a date with her boyfriend and apparently tried to chat up Naomi and be friendly and Naomi wasn't having it and just decided you know I'm over this I don't need to deal with you anymore and to it sounds like Ashley didn't take that too well and started yelling in the restaurant. And then Naomi and her boyfriend and the couple that they were eating with just left. So I don't know if Ashley is just trying to get back on the show or if she's truly sorry. But I think we can all agree that anyone who's dated Thomas Ravenel definitely could use some therapy and friends and time away from the camera. So Ashley, please. Do what's best for yourself and for America and just exit stage left. Hi everyone. I am here with Lindsay Cronin from The Inquisitor and Reality Blurb. Hi Lindsay. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. So I found you on Twitter and Mm -hmm. saw that you'd written a bunch of articles about Vanderpump rules and the housewives and was like, who is this girl? How did she get into this space? So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into reality TV.
1: Well, I'm actually super excited right now about The Hills because The Hills is actually where I started blogging. Like, I just fell in love with The Hills. I was so obsessed with it. So I started a Twitter account um, that's – it's unfortunately no longer active because i thought the show was dead and gone um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little ironic but yeah i started blogging about the hills and i started you know tweeting about them and they'd retweet me every once in a while and so i just really got excited about you know being able to write about something that i like and also having you know these people that i'm writing about kind of say oh hey i see it let me share it with my audience as well um, so that's kind of what my first taste of was in this world.
0: Nice. And
1: now it's coming back. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like life could not be better right now. I'm so excited. I mean, Lauren's not coming I was back. I yeah. Back, which is super bum. But like, I'm still excited. Because like they all have new lives now. Yeah, they're adults. They're married and kids. Yeah, it's going to be so strange.
0: It's going to be really interesting. Is uh, our Spencer and Heidi on it? Of course. Okay. Uh <laughs> the song has been everywhere lately.
1: They need Yeah, and, and I think and I was thinking about this yesterday and I was I was thinking, my gosh, like everyone was so sick of them at the end of the hills, but I think now finally everyone is not so sick of them and finally ready to maybe okay, let me let me see what they're up to. <laughs> and, and,
0: and like what's their story because they clearly were playing a role. So who are they really? You know,
1: like, is this really their baby? We'll have to see. (laughs) (laughs) So you said that you've met
0: some people on the Vanderpump Rules cast. Tell me about that.
1: Um, Well, actually, just last month, I was in Los Angeles for the premiere of The Row, which is Lala Kent's new movie.
0: Oh, was it good?
1: It, you know, I didn't see the movie because I'm a bit of a baby when it comes to horror films. And this is like a slasher film. I couldn't do it. I'm not one that likes to be scared. I'll cry. I'll run out. Like I yeah. Just skip no, it. I can't
0: watch a <laughs> movie. Yeah.
1: I wish I could, but I'm just. I don't understand it. It's not fun to be scared to me. So I mean, even the parody movies like Scream terrified me. I don't yeah, like no, I'm not into those.
0: Yeah. So you but went to the fun being there. <laughs> you
1: went to the premiere, but you didn't actually watch
0: the movie. I
1: went to the. Red carpet. Okay. Okay. And nice. the after party, of course. <laughs> That's so, what it's
0: all about.
1: Right. I went and it was fun. You know, I got to the event and the cast was in the middle of production, like Bravo film crew everywhere. They were filming scenes because I got there a little early. So I kind of walked in and I was like shell shocked a bit because I'm seeing Stasi and Jax, the whole everyone was there. Billy Lee, of course, was not there, which is an interesting thing because everyone's saying, oh, she's been upgraded. Kristen's been demoted. But there is absolutely no evidence proving that that's true. So I'm Fake news. Oh, <laughs> right. That's exactly what it is. It's fake news. She doesn't film with them ever. I mean, it's she's never involved in any group stuff. So she wasn't there, but everyone else was. Most of them were very nice. Lala was very nice. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't interview them all because when they're in production, their contract's... Uh, prevent them from spoiling storylines, which was a big bummer. I was able to talk to Lala, of course, about the movie. And she did say, you know, she was able to talk about her boyfriend who produced the movie. And then I talked to Tom Sandoval about the opening of Tom Tom. And that just opened, like, a week ago or two weeks ago? Very recently. I'm not sure what the date was. I know it wasn't open when I was there. Uh, I did swing by when I was in town and uh, saw Ken getting everything ready. I love that they actually run it, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. They're always there. I know. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool because you think, you know, like the hills. Like So many of these reality shows are so scripted, so it's nice when you can kind of walk in and see, like, oh, this is actually... Happening. This is real life. Yeah. So, did you get to meet Stassi? I tried to meet <laughs> Stassi as friendly as I could, but she quickly informed me, "I'm not doing interviews." So, I that was my only encounter with her. And she did walk the red carpet, but it was during the time that I was speaking to Lala. So, unfortunately, I didn't even get any pictures of her. Um, no evidence of, of any encounter with her, but it wasn't, it wasn't the most, she wasn't the most pleasant of all the Vanderpump Rules stars, for sure. As, as one would expect. Right, well, I kind of wanted her to be nice, because I felt like she's got this new man in her life. I think she is nice. I think, I think
0: she's had a rough experience with the media over the last year, where she says things, and they're taken a certain way, or they're just not things she should have said. And she doesn't really get a break.
1: Right. She lives non and She doesn't filter herself. And in this world that we live in, it's, it's kind of important to do, at least with certain topics. So, yeah, she definitely gets the brunt of that at times.
0: Yeah. So I could see her being a little skeptical. I have a, a puppy named Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is was recently spayed. So she is currently walking around with a cone. Oh, like the winner she is.
1: Okay. <laughs> so
0: let's get into the Real Housewives of New York this week because, oh my God, usually when there's a three-part reunion, the first part is just a little but boring, what? let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And this was not. So it starts out and you can just immediately tell that everyone is against Bethany except for Sonia. Mm -hmm. And it is just, I was just so shocked. The thing I was least prepared for was the topic of conversation around Jill Zarin. Because that happened so early on in filming and in the show where her husband Bobby died and she, Andy and us requested a film crew to come to the funeral. Just, I don't know why. I think it's a little weird, but who knows. And people particularly Ramona felt that Bethany jumped in front of the camera and like reunited with Jill for the camera. What did you think about all of that?
1: Well, when it first happened, I mean, this happened back in January and I remember seeing pictures of Bethany and Jill outside of the funeral and I was thinking that's a really interesting that she would that they would reconcile at that moment and with cameras around, I just it's hard. I mean, I understand they're they're on a reality show, but to call, like, I can't imagine suffering such a loss and having the mindset of, let me call Bravo TV and have them be a part of this. I mean, I just can't wrap my head around that. So yeah. it's just very strange. It's all very strange. Whatever way you break it down, it just doesn't feel appropriate. I mean, like Dorinda said, like, it didn't feel right to have cameras there as they're grieving this moment. I mean, it's I don't think that her that Bethany being there was a problem or any of them, but I just think the cameras being there was completely not okay, regardless of who wanted them there. I just don't think it was it was the right platform to suddenly reconcile after years. Um publicly. Right.
0: I felt it was odd to reconcile when he died because everyone knew he was going to die. So why not reconcile while he's still Alive, you know, right Mm -hmm. when you find out your friend has a sick husband, that was what Ramona said. She said they quashed all their beef, they had like lovely heart to heart, and then she was there for Jill, right? Now, in Bethany's defense, the thing that was the most interesting that happened was not caught on camera, where she brought her daughter Brynn to Shiva um obviously partly because there were no cameras at Shiva and partly because Brynn is not allowed on camera but that seems like a beautiful moment however i was shocked to hear that since that time which was in january they have not spoken verbally is what bethany said they've texted but they haven't spoken verbally and i find that really odd and mm-hmm. bethany said well you know cuz i've been hurt before i'm like I don't I don't think this is about you anymore.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I just don't understand. Yeah, I mean, it, just the fact that they did it so publicly with cameras at a funeral, but didn't talk before and didn't talk after face-to-face.
0: It's just very unusual.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ramona has a right to be a little skeptical about that, because I think anyone really would have some questions there, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: The whole thing is just... And now with Bethany suffering such a huge loss with her ex-boyfriend, Dennis Shields, dying, you know, I'm assuming there were no cameras for that funeral.
1: Right. They weren't. I mean, they had, of course, photographers were snapping photos of Bethany there, but no, and Jill wasn't there. I mean... I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing just feels really odd and unfortunate. And I wouldn't – if it was me who passed, I would feel weird if suddenly there was a camera crew and it was being made a spectacle of, you know? It just feels very –
0: Yeah, but it was part of who Jill and Bobby were too. But what's so interesting to me is like Bethany makes so many really good points, but then she like steps in it by being a hypocrite like with the next sentence – Because I totally agree with her, for example, when she was saying during the show, you know, we're so out of touch with our eyelashes and our selfies and our bullshit. And there are people that don't even have the basics. And she's talking about Puerto Rico. I'm like, yes, yes, you are. But then she builds a brand new penthouse and she's moving from penthouse to penthouse in New York Mm -hmm. for like multi-millions of dollars. And she's accusing everyone else for being out of touch. And I, th- she doesn't seem to ever apply anything to herself.
1: No, and I think that maybe if she talked less and maybe thought about what she was saying more, she wouldn't find herself in those sort of positions. I think in general, people that talk too much eventually talk in circles and, and stop making sense after a while. Yeah,
0: totally. And <laughs> so after this, Ramona kind of lays into her for just being negative. You're just negative. And... I felt that Andy really got protective of Bethany, maybe because he does that when there's always one person Mm -hmm. on the show that everyone's kind of picking on during a reunion. But it was just – it was unusual.
1: Yeah, I didn't – I mean, I didn't really understand why he was – I mean, I kind of understand that he needs to level it out, level out the playing field a bit um, just for the sake of production. But I don't know. I mean – the whole – I mean, Bethany, she makes herself an easy target, like you were saying. I mean, she just – she talks a lot and there's a lot of things. She does – I mean, she does say a lot of negative stuff and she doesn't seem to be able to really acknowledge that she does that. I think that's one of the things that's frustrating about watching because she's very quick to point the finger but not so quick to say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I mean did she ever do that? I mean I can't remember. She her never seems really to apologize. acknowledge. Sometimes she does, but it's always like with also with a little backhanded, you know. I'm sorry but blah blah blah. You know, there's always like a but to to what she's saying.
0: Yeah. So it's really interesting to me that Everyone seems to have turned on Bethany because only Carol is the one that we know for sure isn't returning next year. And what is this going to do for the dynamic? I'm also like very cognizant of the fact that most of the fans are Team Bethany, and I I like her. I like watching her on television. I find her compelling and interesting, but I also think that sometimes she could be a little bit um, softer around the edges. <laughs> And,
1: I, mean. Yeah. I mean, look what she did to Carol after she left. You know, she's you know berating her on Twitter, like, "Oh, she didn't leave; she was fired." I mean, why is it necessary? Regardless of what happened,
0: it's just not necessary. And and I didn't think like between the two of them, they both were at fault for what happened. You know, Carol definitely could have acknowledged Bethany's feelings, and like, I'm, you know, Bethany's saying, "Like, I feel abandoned by you as a friend." Just listen and acknowledge that. Acknowledge mm-hmm. her feelings and carol was just so dismissive and then bethany got mean she really did and i felt that her comments you know in the confessionals where she talked about her not understanding because she's not a mother i thought that was like ooh low blow and you know Mm -hmm. uh, mentioning her age and she wants to be my age because i'm younger it's like come on these are These are not nice things to say. So for her to be shocked that Carol was upset, it confuses me. Like, did you think Carol was going to be okay with the mudslinging when you've never done that with her before? It's not like Ramona or Sonia where they get over things. You know, Luann, they've been doing this for years and a decade. You know, with with Carol, it's not like that.
1: No. No, I think Carol's just a little bit more... Real, if that makes sense. And I think that she really, you know, a lot of them, like you said, when they're, when they're used to it, you know, you're just used to people saying, as, I mean, as horrible as it is, they're used to being dissed on reality TV. That's just how they live. So I think that they just can, things roll off their shoulders a little bit easier. But I think Carol, um, maybe took too much to heart and, and when it comes to whether or not she was fine, I mean, I, I think she may have quit. I, I think that maybe this it was just a little too much for her and it was a little exhausting.
0: The other big topic that kept coming up was Dorinda's drinking. Mm-hmm. And I thought Andy was sort of really gently giving her many opportunities mm-hmm. to acknowledge that that her drinking has gotten out of hand before. So he said, you know, do you think Dorinda has a drinking problem to Bethany? And Bethany was like, you know, I've been through one intervention this week. I don't need another. And she's right. referring to Luann. Right. And everyone, you know, sighs and rolls their eyes as if Bethany's going to act like she saved Luann or something. And it's like, come on, <laughs> like, yeah. calm down. And, um... I think what – I was so confused by Carol is so big on calling out the truth and yet won't let anyone call Dorinda out for her drinking, which is a problem, and that's the truth.
1: Right. I mean, it's hard to say. Like, I Because obviously these women are being given drinks all of the time. So I think that it's hard to kind of say, okay, where – Where is there a problem where, okay, are you an alcoholic or are you just someone who is going to drink because it's been, you know, it's being poured and handed to you? Because I think there is a difference. You know, some people, you know, just because someone might get wasted one night doesn't mean they're an alcoholic.
0: Totally. But I think – With Dorinda, she's had on numerous occasions not Mm -hmm. been able to handle her alcohol, and really bad things have happened as a result that haven't happened to other cast members. She stabbed herself accidentally (laughs) with a knife last season. She screamed and made an ass of herself numerous times. She said horrible things and ruined friendships while drinking. I think that constitutes a problem. I don't know if alcoholism is the word. I don't know that. It's just something's off. And Mm -hmm. then on last reunion, she was called out for cocaine use pretty boldly. And I don't think they were lying. (laughs) So it sounds like she likes to use substances a lot. And I don't think she likes to take, you know, the blame for things that happen when she is on those substances
1: right I think it's important just in general for adults to know when to kind of say okay this is enough and I should stop (laughs) for sure especially when you're on camera I mean you know of course people are going to want to have fun and they're drinking and things can get out of control but you need to understand because you know Maybe she's sober every other moment than what we see on camera. We don't know because we don't see it. Yeah, but the that's true. Is when you're, when you need to be aware of, okay, I'm on camera. And of course, this, the, you know, the messier I get is the more, the more is going to be shown on the show because that's just how reality TV works. And especially right. if that's becoming a storyline, then they're really going to highlight that. So I think that she could, it would benefit her if she could get a grip, really. Right. I just, I don't I wonder what Hannah, her daughter, thinks. Cause if
0: you know, I had a family member that did that and it was only one percent of the time they were like that. That still to me would be enough of an issue.
1: Right. And if yeah, and if you <laughs> can't behave this way,
0: it's it's scary. It's scary. You can't control your rage. You can't control your behavior.
1: Right. Yeah. I think that I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that she can reflect on this and just like everyone else is seeing it and, you know, whether it, whether it is a serious issue that she needs to address and go to treatment or whatever, or if she just needs to say, okay, I need to not get this wild on a regular basis, you know, maybe get wild once every six months or something like that, but not every time the cameras are around. It's just not a good look. Right. I mean, nobody and especially when you're when you're on a show like that and all you're all you're doing is showing yourself drunk. I mean, this is like I mean, can you you remember Brandy from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I mean, she became a joke after a while. Yeah,
0: I just think that it would be beneficial of Dorinda to acknowledge some of her shortcomings the same way that Bethany should acknowledge her shortcomings. I feel like some of the other women actually have this season acknowledged some things that aren't so great about themselves, like Luann and Sonia. And I kind of just wish that some of the other women would acknowledge those things.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that, you know, pointing fingers and acknowledging your own behavior, I mean it needs to there needs to be a balance. They can't they can't just only say, Oh, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. There has to be some give and take if there's right. gonna be any positive progress made.
0: Right. Totally. Um, Shall we get into Dallas? Okay. Yeah. Real Housewives of Dallas is my absolute favorite. I love these women. They are so funny. They have the best houses aside from Lisa Vanderpump's. Um, (laughs) It's just so fun to watch their lives and they're gorgeous and they seem to have real friendships. This is the kind of wealth that I want to see when I watch a Housewives show.
1: And they're everything that you would want out of the Real Housewives of Dallas cast, you know? Like, yes. I couldn't have imagined these women any better than they are.
0: Big hair, former mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys
1: cheerleader. Love it. Mm-hmm.
0: So it starts out with the wedding anniversary party for Deandra
1: and Jeremy. And
0: oh my God, Jeremy is so cute.
1: I know, he really is. He's I, adorable. I, I... It's very endearing how he's, like, so turned on by his wife still. I mean, who doesn't want that? I know,
0: and know. <laughs> a little
1: awkward with the kids and the parents in the it room. It was a little awkward <laughs> where
0: he's, like, making sex jokes. And his
1: parents and
0: his sister was like,
1: uh. <laughs> right. But that's real life and that's how they live. So it's, it's cute,
0: too. Cute yeah. And, and so they tried to get... Uh, Leanne and Rich to get married there on the spot. I couldn't tell if that was real or just for fun, but um, they got out of it.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Which, which, you know, why is that? Why, why after a year? I don't know
0: how that situation resolved itself so quickly. I feel like there was a lot that wasn't shown.
1: Right. Right. Because it was kind of the elephant in the room that was suddenly addressed and then quickly just. Went away.
0: Yeah. It's like, what happened? But then the most interesting part was seeing Stephanie and Leanne connect and bond over both having depression and having attempted suicide. I didn't realize that Leanne had attempted suicide four times. And um, we all know she had a tough childhood and she was molested as a teenager. And Stephanie shares and opens up for the first time that when she was 22 she had this relationship with a guy that made her feel like crap and when they broke up he kind of took all the friends and she she tried to take a whole bottle of pills but eventually you know told her mom and got you know they called 911 and went to the hospital and she she's okay but this is something she'd never shared before and they really seemed to bond and open up to each other over it.
1: Right. I thought it was a really, you know, as dark of a moment as it was. I think that's, you know, that's how friendships form. You know, you find a common interest that, or not a common interest, but common ground that you kind of have both walked the same path at some point in your lives. And, and it was really nice to see them go to that place with one another. You know, it's hard to open up about something like that I would imagine and to do it with someone who you haven't been close with is surely even actively harder actively had issues with right right so i i hope that their relationship can can continue because they seem to have a good time together. I mean, Stephanie had a really good time. (laughs) She was
0: so drunk. But it was interesting to me that the whole conversation started with them talking about how they have to watch themselves when they drink too much because Mm -hmm. it can make them depressed.
1: Right. And then 20 shots later, Stephanie's a lion. (laughs) I think that Stephanie has a
0: lot of fun in the moment, but it sounds mm-hmm. like when she wakes up the next day, she's not so good for a few days emotionally.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I forgot that she had said that. So, yeah, that was a little
0: interesting. Um, and then they show her like so drunk needing to be, you know carried home basically right Um, getting Uh up on the uh, lion statue
1: (laughs) but i think luckily the next day right and getting up and then kind of falling down but the next day i think she had you know so much to do because she was starting to plan for the surprise adoption party party. right so hopefully that distracted her i guess because you know like deandra was saying you know Working with other people and kind of keeping her mind occupied is something that keeps her out of that dark place.
0: Oh, yeah. Leanne was saying, like, if you're hurting and you don't know why, go help someone else. It's a good distraction.
1: Right. Right. Um, Yeah. So, with, oh, and then speaking of the the houses, Brent or um, Stephanie was showing off her house and and her newly renovated uh, foyer area, I guess, without the swimming pool as it had had before.
0: The indoor swimming pool. That was insane.
1: Right inside the front door. <laughs> that
0: house, I'm obsessed. I love her bathroom. There's, if you go on bravotv.com, There is a tour you can take of her house, but she shows up. Her bathroom has like a steam room and these showers and a whirlpool with like this flat screen TV and like a big bathtub. And there is a little kitchenette in there with you can make espresso and there's even a mini dishwasher. So you, it's, oh. and like a microwave in case she wants snacks in the middle of the night and doesn't want to go all the way down to the kitchen. It's like amazing. It was oh, an entire okay. spa just in Great. her bathroom, Sounds like an
1: apartment. just in the upstairs suite, the master. It's so
0: crazy and so fun. So then we get to see more of one of my favorites, which is the
1: <laughs> Deandra's mm-hmm. mom. Oh, my gosh. She's terrifying.
0: She's so scary. And her face really doesn't move. So they're fighting over rebranding uh, Green Miracle, which is the this like nutritional supplement that you put in drinks that Dee made all her money on. And um, it gets a little weird because... Dee says to her daughter DeAndra, a lot of mother daughters are jealous of each other, especially when they're good looking.
1: I thought that right. was so weird. I yeah, I was definitely a little taken aback by that. I kinda like froze, like, what's she gonna say? How is she gonna respond to this? You know, I just waiting on the edge of my seat for that. Because- I think Dee
0: may be jealous of DeAndra, but I don't think Deandra is jealous of her mother.
1: No, I wouldn't initially think that. No, I I agree with you there. I'm not sure where that comment came from. It was a bit outlandish,
0: you know. And then she accuses Deandra of yelling at her and said she committed verbal abuse when she yelled at her mom. So Deandra talks about separating the company and getting an investor. Um, so separating her part of the company and. You know, her mom's like, go ahead. And I think that's the best idea that could come of all of this.
1: Yeah, I think that working together closely is not going to work for them. They just seem to have a, um, a hard time communicating with one another and understanding each other. Maybe they could use some mother-daughter therapy or something. I'm not sure. But I don't think working together closely is something that's going to benefit them.
0: Well, and she was saying that my mom controls me through the purse strings. She controls my inheritance. She controls my salary. And it's like, so don't let her get mm-hmm. out from that.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, to, ha- to be in a toxic situation like that on a day-to-day basis just seems like something that really isn't healthy for someone
0: yeah it's like don't let her do this you don't need this if you're living off her money then you do need to abide by her rules and it sounds like Deandra wants to live off her mother's money and do her own thing and that doesn't work if you want to truly be independent you need to be financially independent and I don't know if DeAndra's is ready for that I hope she is I think she could do it
1: Yeah, I think she could, too. I mean, she's a smart woman. I think, you know, she's done her research and she knows what she's capable of. So it would be nice to see her branch off because, you know, you always want to see a mother and a daughter in a better place than that. And I think that the more they work together, the worse their relationship is going to get. Yeah, definitely. So then we
0: see that beautiful moment between Stephanie and her mom, who seems so lovable and sweet. And she they recount Stephanie's um, suicide attempt and what that did to them and the family. And her mom um, was really happy to hear that Stephanie and Leanne had sort of tried to put their issues to bed and form a new bond. And she said, you know, people are so quick to judge people who are hurting. I think talking about Leanne and how it's better to treat them with compassion, which I just thought mm-hmm. was was beautiful.
1: Right. You know, it, it's interesting just seeing the two different mother-daughter relationships for sure. Yes. Cuz you know, one's clearly much healthy, healthier than the other and you know, you always like to see that sweet mom who, who gives the good advice and is just like a little fairy godmother type of character. Yeah. It was interesting to see them all pray
0: in the house mm-hmm. to like bless the house because it sounds like she grew up in a very out there church, oh, yeah. Pentecostal yeah. church where everyone speaks in tongues. But if it works
1: for them, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, they seem that seems to have them in a better place than uh than the other two that we saw. So maybe yeah. there should be some. There's maybe a circle of prayer at the. uh At every event.
0: (laughs) Um, And then we see Carrie, uh, which we haven't seen that much of yet this in the last few episodes. But her and her family are doing a renovation of their home. So she's living in her parents' house um, while they're in Palm Springs for the winter. And that was so interesting. She's like afraid of breaking stuff. She Mm -hmm. kind of alludes to how she didn't have a very close relationship with her dad growing up. It almost seems like she treated the house as a museum and couldn't really live in it and relax.
1: Right. That's yeah. True. I and and I thought I kind of put myself in her shoes and I'm thinking, what if I had to, you know, what if something was going on in my home, I had to live at my parents' house, and I think I would kind of be the same way because you kind of revert to okay, I need to follow these rules, I need to clean up after myself, I need to, you know, have my room straight. I think it's just a little bit. At least for me, I think it would be natural to kind of go to that place of like, oh, I got to be super be careful and not get too comfortable here. Yeah, um, definitely. I, just, I guess it just depends how you're raised and if you could just go and live freely at your parents' house. I think I was – it was a little stricter of a situation. So I think I was kind of a, a carry in that moment where I would – I was kind of – and especially with kids. I mean, kids are – With pumping. kids, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a different territory when you're having little children run or, or ride around whatever she was on her <laughs> scooter. Her
0: daughter looked so grown up. Zuri looked so cute.
1: I know. It's so funny when you watch the kids from season to season because sometimes, you know, one season passes and they're like so much bigger.
0: So much bigger. And it shows Mar cooking for Zuri and being very sweet with her, which I think the criticism of last season was that he seemed resentful to Carrie for having a kid saying, like, she really wanted to have a kid. He had kids from his previous marriage. He would have been fine not having any more children, and she wasn't. So they had a kid, and he kind of made it seem like, okay, this is what you wanted, so she's yours to raise. Um, I bet that didn't look so good to watch right. back on camera.
1: Right, perhaps he le- he learned his lesson on, on, you know, I think it's a lot of times when with these characters on these shows, you'll see them in interviews and they'll say, oh, well, yeah, seeing me, seeing how I I spoke to this person or seeing how my marriage looked, you know, it let me, you know, I think, I think learning from your mistakes is a good thing. So if you maybe throw that back and could, you know, try a little harder or kind of just not make certain comments, that's maybe he didn't intend to sound that way. That's positive progress for sure.
0: They seem very happy. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm really happy to see that. And then Leanne announces she's got this dress line and it was actually one of the best ideas I've seen come out of any housewife. It's the idea of having one dress that has so many different components that it could be made into multiple dresses. So like clip on, you know, bottom to make it shorter or longer, having, you know, a cape, having sleeves or no sleeves. It's like, smart because it actually looked good
1: right yeah and I think that we've all as women had that moment where we're like having to maybe do a couple of different things in a day and we've thought in our heads if only there was something I could wear and then just pop something onto it and it would be like you know just transition right into the next event like every I think that it's it's so practical like it makes so much sense I loved it. One of those ideas that I think everyone has had, but never anyone has actually moved forward with it.
0: Yeah. Good for her. I I want to see this do well. I really do. I hope this is a real business and not a fake business like Bethany calls Ramona's. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right. a skincare line that isn't a skincare line or whatever.
0: <laughs> I'm like, well, we'll wait and see. Um, so then it goes into the... Bubbles and Bruin baby shower that Stephanie throws for Brandy and her family, which apparently cost over $22,000. That's insane.
1: And it looked it. It looked amazing. And I just want to go to one of her parties.
0: I want to see her house so badly. <laughs> it was just so gorgeous. It's huge and beautiful. So... um Cameron is quite the detective and guesses, Mm -hmm. you know, is this about Brandy having a baby? And Stephanie's like, uh, no, Travis and I have a surrogate. It's me. (laughs) Mike (laughs) tries to, you know, lie to everyone and then get everyone in on the lie just so that it's a surprise 30 minutes later when Brandy comes down holding baby Bruin.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a little unnecessary to go through the whole, like, maybe, maybe just be like, yeah, you guessed it, but keep it on the low. Yeah, (laughs) I I think she was
0: worried that Cameron would just help everyone.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess I can understand that. Like, when it's a surprise, you really, really want to not spoil it. But yeah, in the moment, I was thinking, was that, was that really necessary? To Right,
0: right. I think she's, um, Stephanie and Brandy are very, like, mischievous and silly and, and that's just sort of their go-to. <laughs> it's just right. so like, no. <laughs> so yeah. then. Um, he's you know, so cute, though.
1: I just love that. Oh, him. my
0: God. It's adorable. And so Brandy scene comes down with her baby boy that her and her husband just adopted. And he's got red hair. And both of them okay. have red hair. And it just seems like too perfect.
1: Right, I thought the surprise was going to be, oh, we actually just conceived this child and had it. (laughs) (laughs) Because he does look like, he's. I mean, he does not look like he came from another place. He looks like he's all their child, 100%.
0: It's such a great story. They seem so happy to have another kid. And, you know, that kid definitely needed a home. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful story. And Brandy seems so much calmer with a newborn than I've ever seen her.
1: Right. Yeah, she's she's adorable, too. I mean, they're all so sweet, and she really just seems to love being a mom. She seems to be just completely in her zone. That is, like, her thing. She gets zen
0: when, like, the baby cries. Like, she's...
1: Right. She's that mom.
0: <laughs> I don't know anyone like that. Anyone! So... Um and then Deandra comes in and sees that everything's decorated, you know, all blue and guesses maybe it's a baby shower and goes, "Well, is this a baby shower cuz I look like I'm here to breastfeed." And she's wearing <laughs> this, like low cut dress. It's such right. a perfect line. That's my favorite. That was my favorite part of, you
1: know. <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> I liked Stephanie on
0: the lion. <laughs> oh my god, Stephanie on the lion was just too good. Um, And so then the episode ends with a public service announcement about suicide prevention, which I thought was really important that.
1: I think it's important for all. Yeah. Anytime you can make that discussion, something to not be ashamed of and something to put out there, I think is, you know, that's step one towards a better way of thinking. So, yeah, that's important. So did you also watch The Real Housewives
0: of O.C. this week? There's
1: so many Housewives franchises yeah, going on. I know. I, and I do. I, You know, O.C.'s the first one. So that always has a special place in my heart. Me too. Do you have a favorite lady on the show? Oh, they change. You know, it's hard to stick with one person because there's seasons where I might hate Tamara And then the next season, I love Tamra. I don't know. I don't, I feel like I don't know who my favorite is Yeah. Yet. It's a little
0: early on, early right. in the game.
1: Yeah. To state yeah. your
0: favorite player.
1: <laughs> it's already episode six I was noticing, but yeah, I, I still am a little, like even with the new housewives, I'm like, well, I, I like Emily, but you know, what's going on with her husband? <laughs> and then Tina's yeah. a little wild, like is she too wild? Is she acting it up? Like it's, Yeah, it's hard to to pick a a favorite housewife and just stick with them, even season to season, just because they're all so, you know, when they're going through different things, of course, you know, different emotions come out. Yeah,
0: I had been like totally over Vicky the last Mm -hmm. season or two after the Brooke stuff, because she just refused to own it. It was just so weird to me (laughs) that she (laughs) like couldn't. I was like, ah, this isn't fun to watch anymore. But I loved watching her this week with Kodo Insurance franchising and her trying to record an advertisement at the iHeart Radio studio. She wasn't the best um, with the mic. And so the guy running it gave her a mini bottle of Fireball.
1: Right. Which just happened to be in his pocket.
0: And then he gave one to Steve, her boyfriend, and then to Michael, her son.
1: Right. (laughs) And he was
0: kind of like, if she's going to have this, you guys are going to need this to deal with her.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which is very true, judging by what we've seen.
0: And apparently it was like International Blowjob Day or something, so people are making comments about it. And she made a joke and... Um, Steve was like, your son's like, in the room. And he, she responds, well, I'm sure he's had a blowjob in his life.
1: Right. Yeah. Just to make things a little bit more awkward than they heard. And then were. they did a montage of like 12
0: years of him being made <laughs> feel awkward by his mother.
1: I, yeah, I loved that. I mean, that was just really, it was really sweet. As weird as it was, it was also very but, like, sweet. like, mom, <laughs> <a> stop. <laughs> Yeah, but it just goes to show you, like she's just been crazy and wild this whole time, and you know it's good to see look back and say, oh, they haven't really changed. You know, they're still their true self, at least for the most part on the show, because it's been, I mean, that 2006, right, is when this franchise started. It's been 12 years. Yeah, it has been a long time. Right, she's the longest, the longest running housewife of all time, Vicky. So. And she knows it and she won't let you forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But,
0: But what was interesting is they, for, I mean, I know there's been a lot of divorces on the show, but I don't know if there's one that I've been as invested in as Shannon and David Bedore. I want to see Shannon do better because from the beginning, I felt like something was wrong in their marriage. And as you continue to watch it, you see just how pained she is. And I'm like, what would she be like if she was happy, you know? And so, but to hear, like, I always thought something was weird with David. Like, he was, like, dead behind the eyes. Yes. And to hear that he wouldn't retain an attorney and wanted to represent himself in court proves he is a narcissist. What kind of... (laughs) idiot does that
1: right especially when they have the means to I mean oh my god yes yeah it was it was very strange and I do have to say like he yeah I'm because I've I've I haven't talked to him but I've experienced being in his presence um when they were married and he he always seemed very very detached like he was just not present at all like his mind just didn't seem alert like I I almost thought that there was something wrong with him because he just he was never invested in anything going on around him. He always seemed like he was just out there, just just elsewhere, completely not partaking in anything. I would take it a step further
0: and feel like he has this like negative energy. Now I've never experienced it. Have you ever read Harry Potter? No. Oh, <laughs> there's these like I can't remember, but these guards that guard this prison and um, but they're also like not the best, and when they're around, you like feel this cold and then it like sucks your soul out. Yes. and I feel like he's one of those okay. one of those people. but have you met Shannon then?
1: Yeah, I did meet them at an NBC event. Um, I think it was 2014, so I'm guessing that was right before um, they started filming about his affair. Wait, oh wow, okay. Yeah, so I met them pre-affair, or pre-talking about the affair, at least. I think it was probably happening at the time that I was seeing them. So yeah, I mean, I think that when you're not in a good relationship, you're not a very excited person. You know, she wasn't very lively. She wasn't super bubbly. She was just very professional and just, okay, I'm here to, to... speak to people and then I'm going to (laughs) go with my husband over there who is just like in the background and you know Shannon oh
0: I really do like Shannon I don't know why I just like her and I want her to be happy and it sounds like Tamara wants her to be happy too because she arranges for a matchmaker to come and meet Shannon and hear about what she wants in a relationship and
1: help set her up. Right. And I'm wondering who it is that she gets set up with because she did, you know, she went public with, I think, just two people now. So I was just wondering if, um, and then Tamara didn't like, I think Tamara has already made She didn't
0: like this current guy. Yeah. So there's, he's got a record of being with women much younger than him. And so... You know, I was excited like, oh, she's dating someone like age appropriate. But he's done the same things that her ex-husband David is doing by dating much younger women. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it seems to be a point, a sticking point of contention for Shannon. Right. But I'm, I'm interested to see who she gets set up with and how she ends up with this guy. Um, and what is interesting is you find out a little bit more about Shannon and David's relationship, I think she hid a lot of it from us, and mm-hmm. Tamra says, you know Shannon's been through the ringer she's put up with a lot. Her husband had an affair he moved in with that girl he threw his wedding ring at their daughter to give back to Shannon and then Shannon took him back. We didn't know any of that. We didn't know that he had moved out in with the woman we didn't know he threw his right, wedding she ring she was married off. too. Yeah, we didn't know any of this. And and it gets revealed later in the episode that, you know, he was extremely controlling. And right now, he wants to control all the money still. And Shannon's like, no, I want spousal support and child support. And you give me the money and I spend it. And he wants to spend it himself, Mm -hmm. And not have it go directly to Shannon, but that's not really how it works. And so she says, you know, for the last 17 years, he's controlled our finances, and I think he can't handle not being in control, and it's making him angry. Right, which makes sense. Apparently, like, screamed at Shannon's lawyer and at Shannon, and sends her harassing text messages, which were then, you know, sent to the judge and put as part of the whole package for her spousal support and she even lowered the amount that he would have to pay her because she felt bad right yeah by several
1: thousand dollars if I recall
0: correctly yeah it was like she was gonna get 30,000 and they settled on like 22.5 yeah that's what I remember Mm -hmm. it's like oh my god that's so much money but also you know if he has it, he she's entitled to it. Right. Yeah, especially with three kids. And then we get into another marriage that seems like it's a little bit interesting. And the women don't seem to know what to make of it. And that is Emily and her husband, Shane.
1: Right. That was like a recurring topic throughout the
0: whole episode. Throughout the whole episode. And I sensed it on night one when they had the opener and he said that he messaged her on Gchat and was like, would you want to get married? And she's like, sure, that is the weirdest. Something's off. They have sort of a transactional (laughs) relation. Something's not right. But... It turns out, so Gina was still at the house after everyone left, after poker night, was drunk, was swearing, was loud, and Shane apparently, like, screamed at her, like, get this chick out of my house. So Gina apparently was very apologetic and was like, I'm sorry, and, you know, apologized again to Emily. Um, But then it sounds like when they went outside to her car, Emily was like, I'm sorry, my husband's a dick. Like, he, she acknowledged it then, but Gina really thinks, you know, Shane could have handled it differently. He didn't have to yell.
1: Right. For sure. Especially with his cast, because from what I read on Radar Online, he was involved in a divorce where he was accused of being really abusive yes. verbally to his ex-wife. So it makes you wonder, like, is that just what he thinks is okay and how... He
0: people, which is odd because his mom and his sister seem so nice and normal. But you never know; you just absolutely never know. And it's interesting because both Tamra and Shannon are having strong reactions to this because Tamra thinks mm-hmm. no man should yell at a woman like that, and it's giving her, you know, flashbacks of Simon. And then with you know Shannon, she's like, well, David was very controlling too. And in and, and the middle of everything, Emily gets up and leaves to go home in the middle of happy hour because, you know, he was with the kids and she didn't want to leave him alone with the kids because it was too much or something. And Shannon's like, well, this is giving me flashbacks because I would have
1: thought, well, I'm going to leave because I would have he- heard it from him later. Right. And um, and then also it was revealed that Gina's husband is living well not living but has an apartment yeah gina doesn't know where her husband
0: lives (laughs) that is so odd so five nights out of the week he is in northern la in an apartment that she's never seen right
1: which is so odd And they've already confirmed that they're getting divorced, which I guess we'll see later on in the season. But I'm not really sure because I think that happened in April. So I'm not sure when production ended. It's so weird. The whole thing
0: is so odd. And then it ends with Kelly and her (laughs) milkman. Right, Which we've heard about him before, like from the press and stuff. Everyone says there's this milkman. Well, it's a guy who's like has a milkman service and he's based in New York, but he's been seeing Kelly for a while. But they seem more like friends with benefits. But that was a hilarious scene.
1: Right, yeah. Because I, I, at first I was like, "Oh, look, she's she's on a date. Maybe this is like a, a love interest." But then, as the conversation continued, I'm like, no, "No, they don't quite seem like someone that would be serious."
0: It <laughs> it's was so strange.
1: funny. And then this conversation about Mexican food kind of went on and on and, and on. on. <laughs> He's just <laughs> listing like, random mom, Mexican, Mexican
0: food, and she's just kind of looking into the abyss,
1: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> eyes glazing over. Oh man! Well, what was your favorite scene in all of this week, um, Housewives?
1: Uh, probably the Vicky recording her promo with was, with the
0: um, fireball.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just. It was just a really funny moment with her and just just seeing her interact with Steve and kind of the dynamic that they have and seeing her with with Michael, you know, because I think that she's they really appreciate her as much as you know, they might be a different kind of personality. I think they really appreciate her for who she is. And I think that's good when you're. Surrounded by people who, you know, just accept you and all your crazy and just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And I'm but I'm still I I love Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and I'm looking forward to the winter when Vanderbump Rules and Beverly Hills return.
0: Me too. I love seeing the pictures of them from the Bahamas. Yeah.
1: That's mm-hmm. been with a lot Denise, of fun. I'm excited to see Denise on the show. I've yes, always Denise Richards yeah yeah but she's and she's one of those where you you hear of the possibility i mean she's been rumored to be in talks for to appear on the show for years and years i mean all but since it started so it's exciting that it's finally happening so exciting well thank you so much for joining
0: this week oh thanks for having me and we will be sure to talk again So that concludes this week's episode of Is This Real Life? Thank you so much for joining me. Please be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or SoundCloud and follow on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week.